Oh, hello, people with ears. This is Flula Borg, and you are listening to Numbers on the Board with Bobby Karala and Jeff Skin Wade. Woot doggies! Joining us now on Numbers on the Boards is a man who needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. He's got more than 30,000 career points. He's got a championship, finals MVP, regular season MVP, every record that there's ever been on earth. He is the great Dirk Nowitzki. Thank you. That was nice. Thank you for joining us, Dirk. So this is a big day in Numbers on the Boards history. It's a historic moment, not only because Dirk is here, but also because between the four of us, mm-hmm. we have combined for more than 31,000 NBA yes. points. So this is a big day. This is a big day. We're happy that you could be a Sweet. part of this. I come correct course. like that. Ah. Congrats, and, guys. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did Sweet. it. He's Skin. He's Danny. You already know those guys. I'm Bobby. You already know me, too. Um, so, Dirk, 30,000 points. That was obviously a huge game. We were all there. That's a, a night that we'll never forget. None of us will ever forget. That was a, it was an unbelievable experience. But that was the most recent of your milestones, right? Before that, you had several. So we, got, we have, a, we have a, a, a wacky little game that we're going to play here. So in my hands, how many pictures we got here? Five, six, yeah, eight? Yeah, sometimes we have multiples. So Danny took most of these pictures. It is a picture of... So they're all blurry? That's my guy. You look great in all of them. That's my guy. They must have been taken by Glenn James then. <laughs> of, of, of <laughs> For sure. Milestone point. So we're going to show you the picture here, and we want you to tell us <laughs> what point it was that you scored, who you were playing, and then a story from that night. So here, I'll pass them over to Danny. All right, let's, let's go with, the, let's the go with this first one. I know what it is. Does Dirk know what it is? Yeah, this is, I want to say, 20,000 points. Boom. Yeah. Correct. Was against uh, the Lakers. This Who's is, guarding you uh, in that shot? Lamar Odom. Uh, Jet, we kind of ran a play, and Jet kind of curled to the, uh, to the elbow area, and he passed it to the baseline of me, and uh, I was able to knock it down. Um, so that was 20 was, was a big milestone, obviously. Um, but we did lose that game, so I wasn't well, happy afterwards. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Do you know how many points you had going into that game? Uh, no, but that was the, that was in the fourth quarter, okay. uh, if I'm correct. It's pretty close to the end, um, so it must have been must have been more than 20 away. because back then I scored 20 a night. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, that, those those are the those are the days. Um, Do you remember so, what season that was? Oh, that's tough. No. 12, 13. You got, the, no. you got the elbow thing on. Yeah, but th- this, was, this was pre-championship. Yeah. So. yeah. 9, 10. That's Probably. tough. That's yeah. still a – that's a Rick team. The reason I ask is because I'm curious as the game goes on. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's not like you think about milestones, but as the game's going on and you catch that ball, are you aware that that bucket's going to be 20,000? Uh, I don't think as you catch it, but you're aware during the game, because yeah. especially when the big milestones approach, uh, you kind of know how much you need. Like with, with 30,000, obviously everybody knew how many, how many points there are, and I right. kind of I usually am aware enough what's going on during the game, but as you catch it, you know, you just think about the, yeah. the next hoop, and then, you know, once everybody goes nuts, you realize, hey, that this was it, so... It's all I'd yeah. be able to think about. That was How many points away am I? That was good. Guaranteed but would know I don't remember what year this exact was. I think it might so be nine, nine, ten. Might be eight, nine, nine, ten. Okay, that that for sure was the Glenn James photo. Yeah. This is for sure. <laughs> no this doubt. is for sure mine, and it is in focus. Miraculously, it's in focus. This is easy. This is twenty-five. Yeah. This was in New Orleans. This was the season I had. Um, 
uh, knee surgery actually and so I missed like the first 30 games or whatever played brutal all year and this was like my only highlight I can remember <laughs> uh, can you can you hold that up we, we want to <laughs> see want to see what's on your face in that picture. yeah so we made a little I think in January somewhere we weren't playing great and we felt like eight games behind uh, 500. So a couple of the guys, OJ, I think OJ, Vince, and I, and maybe somebody else, came in maybe. We said we're going to let our beard grow uh, until we get back to 500. And then it was just, we were going <laughs> worse and worse. And the All-Star game, I'm sitting with a big beard and wife is just looking at me uh, on vacation somewhere. I think we went to Cabo that year. And she's like, what are you doing? And then... Um, and then finally, I think this is like maybe the next to last game yes. of the season. Yes. And we finally made it. I think we're at this point we're 40 and 40 or something like that. And so I ran to the back and I didn't, the, the coach hasn't even come in yet uh, <laughs> to hold his speech. And I already had shaved off half of the beard. Um, and Danny was in the locker room getting that picture. So that was, that was the highlight of that season. So. And, uh, so I had some that. essence, <laughs> some essence of that beard actually made it into a video that we made recently. I don't know if you saw. It. I know you're big fans of skin and yeah. me, but uh, we Huge. held on to that beard. <laughs> that's weird, right? That's not creepy. <laughs> that's all the weird stuff that's happening in life. That's the weirdest that people still have your beard hair from yeah. five years ago. Yeah. That is a little creepy. It's. <laughs> I agree. It's pretty disturbing. It's disturbing. Stuff. And I think oh. Steve. I saw Steve. Was that tonight uh, on uh, when I said you freak? Uh, of the lottery. He Instagrammed it on the lottery. Yeah, we had that thing for good luck. We were yeah. at Shooters. And it was, by, uh, it was really bad luck. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad. Oh, man. Well, I think you cut your hair one time early on, like 2004, 2005, when Nelly was still here, maybe a little bit before that, and they sold your hair for like 10 grand. Yeah, I did remember that. I didn't Is that for that. charity or just yeah. for Yeah, property. charity. No, for my own. Oh, okay. <laughs> DNA experimenting was going on with that later. Yeah, oh. for sure. Okay, here we go. The next one is... Oh, that one's tough. I don't even know that. This has to be five, then. Five, for yeah. sure. This Ke is five. Keon this is Keon Clark, Clark on yeah. uh, Toronto. You uh, got the bus cut back then? There's no way you remember that. I guess I had the bus cut. Yeah, I don't know much about this one. Uh, I think I dribbled to the right, kind of pump faked, and then reloaded. See how high I used to get on those <laughs> jump shots? Those I were, tell the kids to watch those, YouTube. You were an yeah, athlete. Those, Which ref? That's is what this? I tell my kids actually too. <laughs> those are those Which are. Ref? Is good. this good ref? Yeah, that's my guy. Bernie. Was it Lou Hollins? You uh, something tell. like that. I can't yeah. I can't remember, but he uh, he was good. No, that's uh good old days. Long man. time, a long yeah, time I don't ago. Much that, about that, the game. that had to have been your first year in the AAC, right? Probably '02. Yeah, maybe the second. I'm not sure. Second, I think it's the second year. Yeah. Not okay, sure. what about this one? Let's let's check this one out. This is this is mine well, for sure look at those too. Jerseys. This is when I wasn't on, allowed on the floor. I was gonna say you have I'm actually a fan box. of the green. That's the same one. Uh, yeah. this must be fif fifteen then or ten? Ten. Oh, so Marbury was fifteen? Yeah. You sure? Positive. Who's that team? Washington. So this is Washington. This is Arenas right here. Yep. Uh, Antoine Jameson's in there somewhere. Are they think, still the Are they look the who's, Wizards look, or the Bullets? Look who's there, Wizards. He's not look, that old. Look who's there. Who's that? Oh, I thought that was. Uh, no, no, it's not you're Brendan. You're probably wrong. It's not Brendan. No, no. Who's no. your teammates out there? I see Josh Howard. I see Mike Finley. I see Josh. Damp. Damp and Jet. Yep. That's a good. That's a good squad. You don't think that's Haywood? 
I think it is Haywood. I mean, look at the headband, right? I think it's Haywood. Really? You got to bust out the magnifying glass for this. Yeah. Nice oh, picture, Danny. Yeah. Here's a well, picture I'm from, from far, the I'm from far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, oh, yeah, you're so funny. 10, 10 and 15, I get mixed up. So this well, this trust me, that's then. 10. I, I I know it. I had okay. five people looking at it. You okay. know, you you got. So this is 10. I don't really remember much. We, but back in the days, we used to win. So wait, this was probably a win. <laughs> oh. I, I do remember. That. Yeah, because you know you weren't Dirk until about six or seven years in, so you weren't yeah. even keeping track of things. Probably, probably. Yeah. Then he called this one correctly. Yeah, this is over Marbury. I remember that one. It was kind of like a sample or switch or something. Same Marbury. floor, same shot. Same, as, yeah, as, exactly. S twenty. S twenty. And uh, Marbury actually, I thought I was just going to shoot over him, and then he actually took off and he got he got pretty high up. I was surprised, but I was able to get it over him. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good shot. But I don't remember much more of that game, anyways. You know? Yeah, those early years, you weren't really. Keeping track of things. It's the big one. Okay, here's the big one, but I, wanna, I do want to talk about this, even though you guys didn't want to, because there's, <laughs> there's some spooky stuff about this that's kind of weird. We have to go back to another photo. Um, so what we'd like to know. So this is obviously 30. Oh, hold that up. Hold it. So this is, the, this is the shot, and then. That's the Glenn James shot, and that's the perfect Danny Bollinger frame of the 30K. Okay. Not, not bragging, just like saying. Say, no, they're both good, good, but it could be, this could be any ordinary shot. This could be a jumper. You know, in 2005, this is. is are you saying that because of the scoreboard? That's the, the thing scoreboard. That makes this look at all the people. They're on their cell phones. Remember back in the day when everybody wore hats to baseball games and you see the crowd shots. This is the same thing, except in the 2018 ver or 2017 version. Everybody has their cell phone. No one has a memory of it. They either have the Actually, screen or the phone. My wife didn't have her phone up, obviously, right here. So she remembers. Chilling. She probably doesn't even know what's going on. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so Cubans there and Tim Heddington, they don't have their yeah. phones up. Charles, Charlie, Charlie, John, yeah. Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian, Cubes. Yeah. Okay, so can you talk about that? I know you've talked about it so a thousand times. what's spooky about it? Um, well, check this picture out. Okay. Who's that? Who's what? This. Oh, I did see that. Both number sevens. That's why I remember why there was Lamar Odom. I saw that last year. Yeah. Two number sevens of the Lakers I scored over. I did see that. That's pretty um, spooky. Yeah, I mean, that story is pretty much well documented how it came in the morning. And, you know, I wasn't sure that the shirts were laying out. And I was a little nervous about it. And I told Leslie at the time, I really love these shirts laying here. You know, can we remove them? It was a cool shirt, though. Yeah, it was a nice shirt. Uh, and then, um, or I said, hey, can we take them down? And then if I make it, we can hand them out if everybody's leaving. And so she apparently went, went to talk to some of her bosses or whatever. And then she said, um, you know, we see it as more as a Dirk celebration, 30K week. You know, it's no pressure at all. You know, if it doesn't happen, people can wear it again to the next game. And I was like, yeah, right. That's called marketing BS. Yeah, no, it was, was good. Really that was a good one. She got me. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Got just, just, just leave it. And then, um, so then in the evening, I don't know, I just shot with Holger was here at the time and shot it really well in, in, uh, in the warm-up. And coach kind of said, hey, this, this is your night. And called the first play for me. And I popped to the, like, the left elbow and just elevated and, and shot my first one and uh, the rest just kind of went from there you know shot a heat check the three right top of the key right after that that went in and you know, I knew this uh, this was going to happen today I was going to go for it as, as soon as I can and quick as get it over as quick as I can and just really got hot and it was uh, it was an emotional night you know to see all the, all the fans there I felt the 
the buzz in the crowd and Holger was there, saw him with some tears in his eyes up there, had some friends from Germany on the other side, they were going absolutely nuts that they got to witness that and uh, it was an emotional night, it was, uh, it was sweet. Was there anything about that night that was sort of playoff-like? And the reason I ask is because a game that that reminded me of was when you dropped half a hundred almost on the Thunder and Serge Ibaka. Like the way that that game started was very much Dirk is about to destroy everything in his path. And the way that that game started when you got 30K felt that way. It was almost machine-like, the precision that you came out scoring. And so – just from the way you get up for games or an emotional standpoint, did in any way that feel like a playoff game to you? Yeah, maybe as, as far as uh, the pressure a little bit and feeling a little nervous before, uh, which is a little more obviously than, uh, than a regular season game. But, yeah, I, I felt coming in this, uh, this was a big night. And, you know, I felt the buzz in the crowd as, as soon as I basically touched the ball every time. And uh, that was a, yeah, it was, a, it was a special night, and I'll, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. That was crazy. Crazy. Were you on your phone, Bobby? Like, no, no, no. I was watching. I was watching. I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to miss it. This is pathetic. So we're doing the TV broadcast, and I'm actually just holding my stupid phone up because you know it's coming. Because I wanted that stupid thing on my phone all the time. So, I could, so I'm just like one of these millennial kids with no attention span, holding my phone up in the moment. Just you guys nailed the call, though. Follow-up had a great Follow-up nailed the call. I was looking at my damn phone. <laughs> uh, so, Dirk, part of the reason that you're here with us today is obviously to promote your upcoming Hero Celebrity Baseball game. That is this Friday, June 8th at uh, first pitch, 630, doors at 5. This is your seventh year playing in the game, right? Uh, in that time, how far would you say your baseball game has come? Oh, brother. Well, you know, uh, Mike Modano obviously did a great job. It was his for, for 10 years, and then uh, he retired. And Charlie and uh, the organizers and, and Mark obviously came to me and said, I think we're, we're done with it. Uh, and Danny was, was also in that meeting and he said, uh, we're only going to do this uh, again if you're taking it over. If not, then we're just going to stump it in. It was a good run. And I said, hey, I've never played baseball before. And I said, Danny, I'm not really sure I want to do that. Um, but they kind of talked me into it. And uh, I'm glad they did now. It's been, uh, it's been a huge success. We had a a bunch, of sell, a bunch of sellouts the last couple of years. Uh, it's been an unbelievable event. We had some um, crazy support from uh, the celebs flying in uh, at times or, or even locally. The Cowboys have been amazing, um, you know, supporting the event, always coming out. And um, we had some great parties after uh, for some of uh, <laughs> the guys. So it's been a blast. It's been a, a great family event. Uh, with huge fireworks afterwards and uh, just fans interacting with some of the celebs during the game, before, after. So uh, I'm glad I did. Um, and it's, it's my seventh year, and it's been, uh, it's been a blast. Do you, uh, you've talked about you're going to keep doing it as long as you're playing. And so at some point, even though none of us believe it, you will stop playing. Have you thought at all about the Heroes game, who you want to hand it off to, or are you going to be involved in that? I mean, it's obviously uh, got to be a, a really, really good player from a, a local organization. So uh, that has well, a star on their helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be calling uh, them out. What that, number do they wear? That would be ideal. Finley's uh, number. I don't know. But um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I think uh, we get to that bridge. Uh, we get to that point later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great event. Like I said. And, 
um, it's it's usually fun for everybody involved. Danny, you always catch those games. So yeah. first off, how much better has Dirk gotten over the years? And second <laughs> off, who are some guys that have played that are maybe way better than we would think? Well, Dirk is terrible. <laughs> Good and point. He approached, <laughs> he's approaching terrible. Um, but actually, he did pretty good. He actually, you know, hit the ball. I mean, he didn't play baseball growing up, so you're at a disadvantage. But the, the number one person that I'll always remember is Sean Marion from the first year. I wasn't even playing. I just went – I didn't even know it existed. Uh, they snuck it in on me. And the first day at practice, he couldn't hit the ball. Like, it was the most embarrassing. Here you have this gigantic athlete who's, you know, can fly through the sky, but he can't hit a baseball. The very next day, he hit one out of the park, wow. like out of the park. Really? And I'm like, yesterday, he couldn't hit. The same thing with Marquise Daniels, same thing, right? Couldn't hit, couldn't hit. The next day, he puts the wood on it. Well, so How do you hold a bat when every finger is going in a different <laughs> direction? <laughs> he's, got, he's got the craziest <laughs> fingers. Wow. <laughs> Tricks, that's them, not me, bro. The, pinky one, the pinkies are brutal. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. What's you know, the weirdest? What's the weirdest? Uh, so Matrix has the pinky. What's the weirdest? Like, uh, what's even the word? Non 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 requisite body part. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've seen in the NBA? Well, there are some bad feet. Yeah. Uh, there are some bad feet and toes, but I'm obviously not going to call anyone out. <laughs> um, you guys might have. Shoes wear you down or something? Or? I don't know, because we're on our feet so much and they're tight, and I don't know. Um, but you obviously. Saw my tweet about Daryl Armstrong last season, yeah. uh, where literally that one toe is sitting over. Have you seen it? So jacked. So the, the, yeah, no. Uh, I'm not going to call guy. anybody out, but Daryl has. Yeah. <laughs> no, Daryl has this no, but, toe. But that's the thing. Daryl doesn't care. You know, he yeah. he had me tweeted out to my I don't know two million followers. So I mean, he, he that's doesn't awesome. care. We got but, you back. So he's, yeah, that's probably that's some of the worst. That's that is the worst I think I've seen. Brutal. Yeah. Do guys still uh, do guys trash talk you, or are, have you kind of like ascended beyond the the level of being just a target? No, I think it's a little part here and there, or whatever. And especially now when you're older, go, the guys are going at you, and you hear from the bench, "Hey, go at him! You can't move." Um, so yeah, it's it's part of the game, and I, I like talking back a little bit. Um, but it's just all in fun. I've never really got that fired up about it, that I went chest to chest with somebody but here and there little jabs are, are always fun you are a uh, few weeks away from turning 40 is that uh, <laughs> is that, that is a true. significant number to you in any way for any reason have you thought about it? it's just another birthday no 40 is big you know it's 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 awesome but it's also a little sad you know that time has flown by so quick that my career is flown by so quick I mean I've been here now 20 years and uh, it's been an amazing time but felt like it's, uh, it was buying a blur so um, but yeah 40 is, is a big milestone I'm gonna have a little a big bash not a little one I'm gonna have a big bash um, for everybody and I'm uh, just enjoying it but just happy and blessed that I can still you know play in this league and perform at somewhat decent level and so I'm gonna see how long I can, uh, can keep doing it but 40 is you know, when you turn 30, you're kind of like, oh, man. And then you turn 40, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> so this, uh, this is a big step. You're still shooting 40% from three, though? So you're still feeling good? I felt good wise. last year, you know, shooting-wise. Moving wasn't great, and that's why I decided to have uh, have ankle surgery. Uh, it was just 
it kept blocking me from certain movements, so there was some frustration involved. Um, didn't really think I was going to play that many games. Honestly, the way the season started, I was uh, things weren't great at all. But um, you know, always credit to to our medical staff. You know, whether it's injections or working on me day night, uh, massages. You know, working on the ankle, trying to keep it loose. And uh, I mean, there we have we have a great staff, and uh, and they work overtime to to keep and get me going every day. I mean, literally, sometimes I get so there's a game. Then the next day, we're a day off. I get a massage that day. Uh, f- then after shoot around, I get worked on again. And then pregame, I get worked on again. Jeez. So that's sometimes three massages or deep tissue treatments before I even get back out there. So people obviously don't, don't know that or don't see that. Uh, but that's what it takes these days, along with all the stretching and you know the extra cardio and lifting and uh, to, to, to somewhat still play and uh, and have fun out there. I vaguely remember you talking about making fun of J-Kid when he got here, all the massages he got, and now you're kind of sitting there in that position. I know. He uh, he used to get one every pregame. Um, I remember he used to get his shots up. He got there early, got his shots up, and then laid on the bench for like 90 minutes and got like this deep massage, which I couldn't do. I mean, he literally almost fell asleep every time there uh, right before game. Uh, but he was, he was a warrior, man, of us soon – he never complained, you know. As, as soon as the ball went up, he was there. Uh, he was, he's played hard, and uh, he was uh, he was a competitor, man. He's probably him and Steve are probably two of the most competitive players that I played with. Um, you know, just no matter whether it was practice or or games or a preseason game, they always were there and, and wanted to compete. Were you uh, sorry to jump in here, but you brought up Steve, and you know we we saw Jason coach. He's already coached two different teams. Went right into it. And Steve, you know, we, I follow him on social media, but he's doing this sort of hybrid thing. He's in the Warriors organization. He'll be making soccer videos. He's doing podcasts. So those are two vastly different paths for two very competitive guys. Where do you think you fall on that spectrum? Are you going to be over here with J-Kid coaching? Are you going to be over here with Steve Nash doing videos? You want to hop on things? our podcast with that's, us? Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, Steve is, you know, Steve got a little ADD, I think. Uh, so he, he cannot sit still. He's, he's, even when he was playing, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get, uh, come to the, the plane after a game and I'm exhausted. I just want to sit down and have the water. He's already got his travel guitar out. He's already, <laughs> he's already reading his book. He's watching some movie. And I was like, bro, we just got on the plane. Relax for two minutes. Uh, he's just a hyper, hyperactive guy, and that's why he's got a million things going. You know, he's, he's doing like two or three podcasts. Uh, he's doing movies with this movie production company with his cousin that, that moved to L.A. Uh, you know, he's helping the Warriors a couple times a, a year. Uh, he, he owns part of the Real Madrid, uh, the, the Mallorca soccer team, uh, and he's over there all the time. So uh, that's, that's too much for me. That's too busy for me. So um, I'm probably going to do more of the Che Kid route, but I'm not sure I'll ever be a, a team coach. That's just not me either. I never really cared much about the X's and O's, you know. I always tell the coach, no matter play we run, I just want the ball right here. You know, you, we can you can move the ball 20 seconds, but at the end of the day, I want the ball right there. So that that's really never um, my, my thing. I like personal coaching. That's something that Holger has done for me for a long, long time. And his wish actually one time was that that I keep doing uh, what he taught me. So maybe that's something I want to get into later. Uh, but team coaching is, is definitely out. Well, if you change your mind, 
there's always going to be a spot for you with Skin and Me on this podcast. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Just, just keep that in wait. mind. Keep yeah. that in mind. Dirk, thank honor you for him to get that. That'll be sweet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 What an, that's what probably the best offer you got <laughs> out Honestly. there. Honestly. With us. I'll uh, take Danny's spot then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Please do. No Please question. Do. Thank you for joining us, Dirk. Of course. Hero Celebrity Baseball Game this Friday. Tickets are on sale. Mavs.com. Ticket return. First pitch is at 630. It's going to be another sellout, so make sure you get your ticket as soon as possible. Dirk, thank you very much. This thank you, guys. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. All right, now you can leave so we can talk about you the rest of the time. No, <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, we're, we're rolling already, baby. <laughs> oh, we're, we're already rolling. Right that was Dirk. Oh, sweet, sweet the, Dirk. The thing is, he's so, like, sincere and authentic about what he has to say. He's not like, you know giving you some PR version. He's just telling you the real skinny. I'm surprised, honestly, that he remembered as much about these. I mean, he remembered, like, the move that he was able to use on, on all those milestone points. I know he wouldn't remember, like, the 5,000 or the 10,000 because everybody thinks, like, Dirk came out of the box as Dirk. Mm-hmm. It took him six, seven years to be Dirk. I mean, I can remember exact plays where Dirk would have the ball, the shot is wide open, and he would pass out. There's okay. This is this whole other interesting thing that we've never gotten into that I want to get into, because you know I think there's probably like really super hardcore Mav fans probably know who Danny is, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't. And so one of the things that's interesting to me about this whole way this thing came about, I'm a lifelong Mav fan. Like my dad had season tickets, so I was going to games the second year the Mavs existed. Blah blah blah. So I've always followed the team very closely. And it's like a lifelong dream that I'm involved in the team. But before Cuban bought the team, I used to play pickup basketball with Danny. Oh, yeah? Danny is... So you know his trash talking. Danny is... Uh, well, I was... I, I don't know if we can cuss Bobby doesn't him. like my trash talking, by the way. It, <laughs> I mean, I know people... <laughs> he hates it. <laughs> I know people that don't know Danny's name that know Danny from his S-talking. Mm. And so, actually, <laughs> so in the early 90s, this is a long time ago, I was playing in a pickup game, and Danny was talking trash. And Danny at the time was not in the best shape that he was in, all right? He had a little <laughs> belly on him. Like I do now. And so I said something to the effect of, okay, so I'm getting an S-talk from effing Antoine Jobert. Who <laughs> oh, was, I remember that. Remember that that was a good one. Right. That was a great one. Antoine Jobert was a point guard at Michigan in the 80s. He was a good player, but he had a little heft on him. Yeah. And so me and Danny immediately connected because it's like, one, he knew, okay, this guy knows his ass. And number two, I was like, this guy can take it and dish it out. I like this guy. Yeah. So That was a good one. I've known Danny for a really (laughs) long time. And so then – and this this is the same, too, with, like, Steve Shavera, who people see who's – you know, with our, uh, you know, does a lot of things digitally and on the social media side for the team. So I knew Shavera when MySpace existed, and he was doing the MySpace page for T.O., okay? And so there's all these people that I knew from the basketball scene that work for the team mm. and, and, you know, for various reasons got in. But the thing that I love about Danny is that Danny was here. Danny knew Cuban before Cuban bought the team. So Danny was here when Dirk was a teenager and didn't have his act together. And so when you've been through those things, there are bonds that exist outside of the workspace. There's just real life, hey, this is my friend. This is a person I've been around has seen the good and the bad and has been with me the whole way. And so I really enjoy seeing Dirk interact with Danny because it's not just, hey, this guy works for the team. You guys go back to when he was a teenager. Right. You were here on his first day. Right. And so those things like, 
you know, for those of us that have, you know, followed the team since they were here in 1980, to me those things are extra special because in a lot of ways Dirk is the Dallas Mavericks to me. That's no disrespect to Derek Harper, who was my favorite player growing up. That's no disrespect to Don Carter or Mark Cuban or anybody. But I've, I've used this phrase a million times. There's a lot of people who have careers because of Dirk. I'm one of those people that has a career because of Dirk because Dirk created so much interest in our team that – some of us over here will be able to get the residual effects of all that. Absolutely. And so I love seeing the interaction of you. And it's the same way with you and Cuban because you knew Cuban before he was Mark frickin' Cuban. And then, you know, I just I, – I find all those things as a lifelong Maverick fan to be interesting, and I love seeing those interactions. So when we were going through these pictures and Dirk's looking at it and it's like in the back of his mind – he also knows you before you were the guy that were going to be right. responsible for these pictures. But, but the same thing goes for you, though, right? Because when you – I knew you before you started doing all this stuff and in the beginning, and then when Mark bought the team, you know, we were sneaking you and Ben into the locker room yes. before you scrubs were doing anything, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, so Ben was writing a story for the, for the team newsletter. Right. And I got it in there, and I'd make fun of him for misspelling words. <laughs> and I'm like, because I'm the king of that also. But <laughs> – that's just how it works. That's how it evolved. It's how it evolved because, listen, Skin is just a, like a punk-ass DJ. Horse's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> and him and Ben, it isn't by magic that they got where they are, right? It isn't like one day they decided, hey, we're going to be this. They had to crawl and, and, and fight Cuban and Cuban's killing them and they're like fighting back. You know what I mean? Because if they would have been anything different, they wouldn't be where they are because – I mean, they were doing, like, these dumbass shows on K-Star. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the dumbest skits you've ever seen in your life. They're so stupid that they're hilarious. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is a long road for Skin and, and, and Ben. And, you know, it isn't like one day that they're who they are. They had to put up with a lot of shit to get where they are. It, but it, but and you're exactly right. But I look at it like, what if we were in some other market? It never happens. What if you're in Milwaukee? If you're in Milwaukee, it doesn't happen. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to in any way take away from what Ben and I do. I'm very proud of it. But I, I honestly believe this. If Dirk's not here, I'm probably working at my dad's electrical contracting business. Well, there's no continuity, right? Because yeah. players don't last 20 years. End of story. Right. Like, this is the most ridiculous concept ever. When you think – you take it for granted this whole time, then you look back at it 20 years, the guy's been here – you're like, this is not normal. No. And that's what I mean when I say we have careers because of him. Mm. Like, I, in my mind, 100%, I believe I'm doing something else. When Ben and I were doing the post-game show for the Mavericks on the ticket, I'm telling you people, in the 90s, you could walk up at 735 and get on the front row. Like, nobody cared. For 20 bucks. Nobody cared. Okay? So then... When there's all this renewed interest, I can remember Ben and I are doing post-game shows at like, you know, 1230 at night on a weeknight during the playoff run in 2006, and everybody is listening. Right. And so what that does, all that excitement and, and the belief, that puts me on this platform all of a sudden. And suddenly people are paying attention to me. Not because of me, it's because of what these guys are doing. Because you got good takes, man. That's why they're paying attention. Well, but 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 it just you, you no, just no, got to get lucky. Like yeah. a big part of it is you got to get lucky. And for us, our luck was that the Milwaukee Bucks were not smart enough to you know 
And Dirk's draft the sh- him and keep him, right? Yeah. Dirk's the shit is what yeah. you're saying. Dirk's the shit. And eight other teams ahead of them were not smart enough to draft and keep right. him either. Uh, so, Danny, there's no, there's, listen, here, here's the deal. <laughs> there's no clarity in any of this, right? It, you don't know until you know afterwards. Yeah. It's like the draft's coming up, and it's like all guesswork. Right. Mm. And one of those guys will hit, and maybe five of them won't. But right. one of them will, and that's the one we'll remember. We'll draft that one. Yeah, we, yeah, the Mavs will draft that one. So, Danny, you were here way back in the day. I've heard you tell a couple stories about just being around Dirk, 1998. 1997, like way back before he's even in the NBA, before he'd signed his contract when he was in Dallas. Um, do you have maybe a couple, a couple tales that are, uh, that are family safe that you could tell about maybe oh. 19-year-old Dirk? Dirk's a, Dirk's a family safe guy. He really is. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets a little out of control with his harassment of his teammates, um, which what a majority of people don't really know about him, but he's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so I have two stories. One story is the very first day that Dirk came here and played pickup is when we used to practice at Baylor. Yeah. And um, there was a bunch of guys there. So this is, this is the fall of 1999 because it was a lockout, remember? They played a 50-game 50, 50 season um, that year. So this was the fall, and, and Derek Harper was there. Uh, Stephen Howard was there. Grew up uh, in my neighborhood, by the way. Oh, he did? Six blocks over. I love him. He's a good guy. Great dude. Super nice guy. Uh, Jamel Rich. You remember Jamel Rich? Yes, I do. Played for SMU. Um, golly, who Would else? Shivers have been there at this time? Shivers usually ran in that crew, but yeah. he wasn't there that day. For those that don't know, he's the ministry, uh, men's ministry for Prestonwood and the Mavs and the Cowboys. And he's a great shooter, too. Oh, my God. He's as good a shooter as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, he, he, he's lights out. Yeah. Um, and just guys like that, where there's a couple other guys I forgot that you would know. Uh, oh, Chris Smith. Remember Chris Smith? Yeah. Played for Minnesota. I think he played at UConn. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he was there. But anyway, Dirk came and was, you know, coming down, dribbling the whole length of the court, jacking up threes. There was maybe some people there that shouldn't have been there, hmm. no names, uh, watching this. Dirk had this stupid haircut and an earring, yeah. a loop earring, right? So his English wasn't very good, and we tried to get him to take pictures and do a little interview afterwards, which we did, but he wasn't too happy about it. And he's like, I have to go, I have to go. Um, but there's you a, at the time, you were not working for the Mavericks. You were working for I was working for Inside the NBA magazine. Yeah. And, um, so you were there like as a reporter. Yeah, I was there from, like, okay, so from and 1995. Mark Stein would have been there too, right, I think? Mark Stein was there. A guy named Bart, I forget his last name, was there. Remember Bart? I don't think so. Yeah, you know him if you saw him. Bart Weiss? No, Bart uh, Simpson. Dallas Morning News. No, Bart Simpson was around. He's been around a while, but he wasn't covering the Mavericks at that oh, time. Okay. okay. Uh, I think he covered the Mavericks from like 08, 09 era. Okay. Um, but anyway, bottom line is Dirk was, you know, raring to go, Jack and Threes. And I asked Harper that. I wrote an, that day, I wrote an article uh, on Derek Harper. It was his 16th year in the season, mm-hmm. or in the NBA, 16th season. And then Dirk was, you know, day one. And I asked him, you know, and you know Harp. He's like, he's like, hell, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. This, we gotta, this, this ain't going to be able to tell you. You know, we got to wait till the pros get here. Oh, and that's another thing that I learned going to those scrimmages at Baylor. There was a player whose name was Zendon Hamilton. I remember the name. Yeah. He University of Miami? I don't know where he's from, but I think he, he, I think he coaches for Legends. Now, yeah. yeah, he coaches for the Legends now. So he's a big dude. Yes, he's a huge dude. He kind of reminds you of the Kevin Willis type. Yeah. Okay. But when I saw him, and he was balling in the summer league, 
the summer pickup games at Baylor, I was like, wow, this guy's going to be, wow. And then when the players showed up, it's just like, yeah. That's when I knew there's a difference. Yeah. Right? Um, but there's a thousand Dirk stories. Uh, I know you wanted to tell me the one about the car. It wanted me to tell you about the car. And Dirk came here. And he just never spent money, right? So I think he had like some Chevy Impala, <laughs> something ridiculous, <laughs> something ridiculous. I mean, for us, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with a Chevy Impala. It would be yeah. great for me. But for a guy that makes, you know, $5 million a year and has made $200 million in his life, probably can't get away with. And plus, teammates are going to kill you. Yeah, they killed him. They're going to kill you. Yep. They killed him. I'm pretty sure it was an Impala. I could be wrong. But anyway, um, for like three months, he didn't know how to work the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, and he's in, he's in Texas. Yeah. From Germany where it's never. Yeah. So he, he was like, I, I, would dr- I would drive to the games and I'd be sweating because the car didn't have air conditioning. But he's like, it did have air conditioning. I just didn't know how to run it. Oh, my oh. God. Which I thought was hilarious. I wish he would have told that. That would have been a great story from him. You know, the other thing, too, you were mentioning this, that lockout season. So I don't know if Mavs fans remember this. There was this pervasive thought that Dirk might not even come over. Right. Like Nelly and I think wasn't Mark Stein on that trip. Uh, Nelly and Donnie and I think Mark Stein all went over to Germany to convince Dirk to come over in the first place. Right. Again, remember, Dirk wasn't Dirk. It took Dirk five, six, seven years to become Dirk. Become the beast. Yeah, become the beast. I'm shooting every time. Right. 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 How'd you convince him to stay then, Danny? Hmm. Oh, it wasn't me. I, I did talk him into heroes, though. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, what? Oh, please tell him. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. what? Well, the thing is, Mike Madonna was finished, and then um, Jason Kidd kind of – I mean, he didn't commit, but he was like the big name this that is, year. This is right around the championship? Uh, this the, is b- right before the championship. Right before the championship. Okay. Right before the championship. And then – and by the way, Jason Kidd can play baseball. Oh, yeah. Holy cats. Yeah. Played third base, has an arm like you wouldn't believe, and smoked one over the fence. Really? Smoked one off the wall. I mean, has a nice cut. Okay. Yeah, and he's a big dude. Yeah, he's just yeah. thick. He's, he, yeah, he's thick and powerful. Anyway, what was the story I was on before that? Uh, talking Dirk and the heroes. Oh, yeah. So, actually, to give credit where credit is due, um, they were going to try to go to Mark. I'm like, yeah, definitely don't go to Mark. You know, Mark's, Mark's on a different stratosphere. Yeah. His brain waves are different. He doesn't concern himself with, you know, the stuff down here. So the power is Lisa Tyner, okay? <laughs> Lisa Tyner has all the power. So I went to Lisa Tyner, and I said, hey, you know, we have this deal. And by the way, I've been – ever since the first year I saw it happen, I was like, I got to get involved in this. So I've been involved ever since. So I went to Lisa Tyner. Lisa Tyner has the power. Dirk doesn't really want to do it, but Lisa talks him into it saying, hey, this is going to be a fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, right? For Laura Beth, the organizer, Charlie McKinney, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of money, mm. right? So Dirk does the first year, and he's like, yeah, I'm good. That ain't going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> right? So then somehow we talk it to the next year, and then in, I remember that the second year we were, I was in the little, like, closet where Laura Beth – you know, does all her stuff at, at uh, Frisco. Yep, at the Rough Riders. At the Rough Riders. And yeah. Dirk comes in. He's like, yeah, that's probably going to be it. And then he looks down at me and he goes, unless he talks me into it again. So here we are. No pressure. Yeah, here we are. I mean, the first few years it was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Okay, I'll do it. Right. And he loves it now. 
There's this really interesting dynamic too of Dirk, where I almost thought we would. I was going to ask him this in the podcast, but I don't want to get bogged down. Is he's got that sort of, he's a fun guy, but he's got that sort of inherently German negative outlook on things. And I'm sitting there thinking, how many awesome things have you done in your life that somebody had to talk you into doing? Yeah. You know, it's almost like you have to twist Dirk's arm and then he really, yeah, okay. They had to talk him into playing in the NBA, dude. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, on a different level because the emotions involved, the legend is, and it's a true story. So they win the finals. Scott Tomlin has to go in there and talk Dirk into coming back out. And, you know, I've talked to Scott before about the things that were said, but it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, that's the part of Dirk's personality where it's still childlike. Like, uh, you know, there's times where I have to just talk, son, you have to do this. This isn't a debate. You have to do that. Okay, I'll do it. And then five minutes later, he's happy. And there's a part of Dirk's personality where you have to talk him into doing these things, and then he's in the middle of it, and you just see all the awesome exuberance and people gravitate to, gravitate towards him, and he loves it. Right, and he can he he can turn on a dime on that sense. He just has, like you said, he just has this kind of way to kid around with stuff and and not want to do it, um, and then boom, he's the best at on. it. Says the right and it's thing. So on. Yep. Authentically says yes. the right thing, yes. and he's just perfect. Um, just think of how weird that video would have been of them raising the trophy if he's not the guy that's doing it. You right. Because, like, they had that one picture of them all on the podium holding up their number ones, and he's not in it. Hell, that's why he's he like, jumped that's... over the scores table in Oklahoma City yeah. or in Dallas after they beat Oklahoma City. Yeah. You've got to finish the job, yeah. baby. Right. No, yeah. he, he finished the job, and I know Ari is sick of us, so. Um, but I'm going to tell one more quick story um, on this moment in the locker room. So um, I go to the game. This is game six in Miami. Game six in Miami, and about seven minutes left in the game, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be good. So I go to the locker room and wait in there because the NBA is really strict on who gets in and right. it becomes bogged down or whatever. So I'm like, I'm not going to let that happen to me because I need to be here when this stuff goes down, right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, celebration's going on. It's going to be a while before they get in here. Here comes freaking Dirk. Oh. And he's, he's walking in, he's got his hands over his head, and he's just like, you know, exhausted, and he walks through, and here comes Tim Frank, who's the head of uh, NBA media or whatever, right. PR, and I'm taking a few pictures, I get a few pictures off, and then Tim Frank says, yeah, DB, just cut it out for a second, right? And I listened to him, I shouldn't have listened to him, because Dirk goes in, and, and from the stories that Scott tells, and um, Dirk has told me, because I've asked him about it, he is laying on the bed. There's a, in the way back and there's like a bench where they put on their shoes and stuff. And he's just like laying on there, passed out. And Scott has to, you know, you know what Scott says and he has to talk him into coming out. But if I had that picture, that would be like my Michael Jordan kissing the trophy, crying Absolutely. picture. Right? Like he would love to have around. that too, man. Yeah. So I, 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 I didn't have the courage that day to do what I was supposed to do. Um, so that's one of the, that's that's the one. Let me defend you. The NBA can be very intimidating in that regard because yeah. it's not about the team. They come in and they lock it down. Yeah. Well, it's it's still my fault, but uh, it's a good story too. It's a great story. Hey, but you yeah. got you got the thirty k picture. I did get the thirty k story. As good as and I told else. that last time, so we'll skip yeah. that. Yeah. No, great storyteller. Daniel, is there anything Daniel. else for us that you got before? We no, that's it, man. Here? We could talk Dirk till the cows come home, but you know we got Arya's got stuff to do, and I got stuff to do. We should. There will be. You got there'll stuff be another to do. Skin's got to go to his real job. Yeah, I got more real job stuff to do. Yeah, 
But right. I love talking basketball. Oh, you know, one more thing. I'm going to tell it. Okay. So when we when Dirk was at your show the other day, mm-hmm. he was so impressed that you were rattling off this commercial. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. He was like, he was looking at your computer. He's like, that's uh, not even what you were saying. You're just saying that? You're just saying that? Like, yeah, you know. Which was pretty cool. It's kind of like me being impressed that you can hit 99 free throws in a row. You do right. it all the time. Right. right. Hey, Skin, you're not a businessman. You're a businessman. Businessman. Danny, same for you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for including me. It was a blast, as usual. Aria, thank you for everything.